Before we dive into this ep, Lisa and I just wanted to give a shout out for those of you who have probably painstakingly figured out how to leave an iTunes review. For us, there has been um, a, a stack of great support for this podcast, and we are both truly blessed. We hit uh, number one in marketing and management and number five in business. We made the top 100 of all of our tunes and we are so grateful for your support. So wanted to give a quick shout out to the following people who have left a review um, in the last few days. Katzm64, Absolute Business Gold, Amanda Ewan at the Lilac Lounge, Joanna Burgess, well, what's this? WCE number one, Cat Traveller, Megan Gascoigne, and Mindful in May. Thank you all so much for your reviews and for your support. It really makes our day and it helps us to spread the word in iTunes. So if you are willing to and able to, we would love for you to leave a five-star review for us. Anyway, let's dive into this amazing conversation between Lisa and I about self-doubt. Keeping Good Company, honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. So I thought this week we could talk about the week that has been um, because for me, I mean, it's been a huge week for both of us. We, um, you know, for you, I mean, together, we had this incredible launch where we hit number one in the charts. And Woo! that was just insane and so much fun. But then slowly behind that, there's also this wall of self-doubt that kind of follows most of us wherever we go, right? So, so we had this huge high of hitting number one and just being like, oh my God, this is amazing. And yesterday for me was a roller coaster. So I was singing and, you know, and dancing around and having like the most amazing time. But on the flip side of that, there was like a almost a rage inside me. I was just a total feral animal. I was snappy with my daughter. I was a total bitch. I got a cake mold and threw it across the lounge room. So there was like this huge breadth of emotion that I went through yesterday. And I and thought, yesterday was yesterday was launch day. Of yesterday the was launch so day. So everyone's yeah. listening to this a week later, but yeah. yesterday was the launch day. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought I'd bring it up because uh, I think we all if you if you're having a big launch, you do go on this kind of roller coaster, right? Like it's never just a linear kind of thing. And as somebody looking out, when when I post on my Facebook page, oh look, we hit number one, there people jump to certain conclusions. Like I'm rocking at life. I've got my shit together. Uh, <laughs> I you know I've got a I've got a higher level of success. Therefore, I must be different. But I'm still as fucked up as the next person. <laughs> So I thought we could just have a bit of a conversation about about the roller coaster and about self-doubt because this whole week while it's kind of ended with this high of me and you hitting number 1 and me having this roller coaster day it's it's been a roller coaster week of self-doubt for me 
I'm in the process of writing my book and that has been, oh my God, such a painful kind of process and rewarding at the same time. It's like this full spectrum again of emotions and from confidence to just crippled by self-doubt. And uh, during a coaching call with my book coach, um, we kind of got to this statement that I'd had going around in my head, which I thought could be something really kind of cool to explore because I don't think I'm alone here. And the words that kind of came tumbling out of my mouth during this coaching call were, I'm not the kind of person who writes a book. And from there, my brain just went on this story. I'm not the kind of person who has huge success. I'm not the kind of person who who can impact millions of people. I'm not the kind of person who has shitloads of money. I'm not the kind of person. And there was all of these stories going around for me around the kind of person I'm not. And I have like my whole book is about self-doubt and it's about kind of, you know, learning to or becoming better friends with myself and acceptance and surrender and all those kind of fun things that really fucking hurt. Um, (laughs) And I just thought we could talk about self-doubt a bit because I know that it's in plague proportions at the moment, don't you think? Hugely. And, you know, it's so funny. I One of my biggest mentors, Jude Bluro, who I discovered, she's like the whole foods goddess, but just a life. She's like the auntie you want to have. And she, we ran an event here in Melbourne just recently and it was the most I've sort of charged for people coming to see me uh, and, you know, we had to set the price. We, we were doing something a little bit different. We were doing food but we were also just doing life stuff. We wanted women to feel um, capable, confident, empowered by the time that they left. So it was a bit different for her and me. And uh, and I was going through a really tumultuous time. We just moved to Melbourne. I was all over the shop and I, I cried to her on the phone and was just like, Jude, I just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, wh- what if they come and they just, you know, and she's like, Lisa, welcome to the club. She said every single person that she knows in her life who has success in inverted commas is winging it totally, feels completely unqualified, that they don't necessarily deserve the recognition that they're getting for what they just feel is their natural, the work that they want to do and share in the world. And she said, Lisa, everyone feels like this. Just welcome to the club. If you want to go to the next level, just get used to this feeling. Just get used to it because it doesn't leave you, but you've just got to, what are you going to do? Not do it? What, are we going to cancel this event? Just kind of like, are you going to let this doubt, self-doubt win? Or are we just going to go ahead and do this anyway? And I just found it so refreshing. I mean, Jude has a grown child, has had an amazingly varied career, is, uh, you know, someone who you think is so self-assured and has her shit together. And yet she's saying to me that everyone she knows feels the same. You know, that imposter syndrome kind of thing. So I just, I loved, like it made me feel so comforted. Like just keep going, Lisa. Just keep freaking writing, Carly. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it's so hard, you know. And so this morning after this whole roller coaster of a week, 
I, or while I was in, when I was really in the, the clutches of the self doubt, I decided that I wanted to get a, a psychic reading done or like an, you know, intuitive guide. Which, of course you did, Carly. No, because we know did. I've done this before, right? <laughs> Do you remember the time that I got this, uh, a psychic <gasps> reading couple. done and the guy had said that I was Cleopatra and I was, um, I was, I was getting to people before they could get me. And behind me was a blood bath of burgundy blood. It was like the- It was the, horrible. <laughs> horrible. And at that time, I was in a really low place. I had this psychic <laughs> reading and I was so <laughs> fucked up after it because I was like, oh, is this really true? Is what he's saying about me really true? Am I, you know, like the things that he said, I can't even remember them now because I think I've blocked them from my memory, but they were quite harsh. And it was awful. It was actually really awful. It was really awful. And I questioned if I was that kind of person, like that. Um, he said that I, he used words like I was spiteful and full of vengeance and revengeful. And these are just words that, like, I don't feel at all describe who I am. But in that moment of self doubt, I was crippled by it. And it back then it taught me. Carly, trust your own intuition. But also, you know, when I when I think back to it now, I might not be revengeful and spiteful and all of those horrible words to other people, but I can be that to myself at times. That that's that revengeful, spiteful person is often pointed towards myself. Anyway, so fast forward to this reading. I got it from from a kind of different place, but still I guess wanting the answers. <laughs> oh, Holly. And so I had the reading and and it was really great. She was really good. But one of the and it, it wasn't like a psychic reading, like she could predict the future or anything like that. It was more an intuitive guidance thing. And and I enjoyed it. But one thing that came up for it through it was this idea of, and this is what I kind of wanted to broach with you today too, because I know that you um have a, a slightly different take on it. So I have been writing this book and creating Carlosophies, um, actually more writing the book and Radcasters was definitely from this place where I wanted to be of service. It was like I wanted to be validated by how successful I appeared kind of thing. So with, with Radcasters, when its success started to peter out, I started to panic because I, I, I needed that validation that I was a good businesswoman, you know, that things were kind of happening for me and that people loved what I did. And that came like it came from a place of service. I wanted to help people get their podcasts out. I wanted to help them move through their fear and I wanted to do everything that I could to make that happen. And then I kind of realized, well, people are going to do things in their own time. I can't take all the responsibility of them going live on my own shoulders and I need to give them some of the responsibility. But but the point I'm trying to make is that it came from a place of service you know, I wanted to serve because we're kind of sold this idea that if we're coming from a place of deep service, that everything is going to work out, that we're going to have the level of success that we want because we're not, it's not from us, like it's for other people. Mm -hmm. And during this reading today, uh, we kind of explored me writing the book and, and my self-doubt and how I keep on hitting up against myself time and time and time again. And it's because 
I'm trying to write it for somebody else when I need to write this thing for me. I'm the person I'm writing this book for. And if people read it after that, then uh, that's a bonus. But I'm writing it for me. And, and I think it's an interesting perspective in a world where we feel like we need to be of service in order to have the life that we want. <laughs> when yep. what, if, what if it was okay for us to be of service to ourselves? Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss. Okay, point 1A. So I feel like people get caught in this trap a little bit. I, I can see it, especially because I'm in uh, the food space and the healthy sort of space. Almost the people who are really successful, they must be selfish. They must be out there for the money. There mustn't be any integrity in what they do because they're earning money from it. But how about if they just decided that they didn't want to be just getting by and just being of service all the time. I mean, the amount of free content that I personally pump out for, you know, w- without expectation from that place of service, but it's okay for me to also receive. And it's okay for me to create an abundant life on the back of being of service. So, and do you know, because one kind of feels like martyrdom. And right? this is, the, it, is it a discussion that was going on, you know, this whole concept of feminine launching or, you know, that kind of stuff. And I get sort of triggered by it because I, I come from a place of strategy and I come from a place of giving people the, uh, the amount of information that they need in order to be able to make a decision for what feels right for me. And, you know, just testing stuff, experimenting. But, like, the feminine is the receiving side. The masculine is the action. And you need both. There needs to be both. There needs to be this this level of service, which is often a, a masculine thing. Like, I'll do, do, do for you. I will do. But I'll also open my arms and receive and and feel okay about this you know, value exchange, basically, that's going on. Like, it's not bad for you to want to reach people with your message and give them the shifts that they desire because you hear it all the time. You get responses on your Facebook page in Colosophies via this. Already, we've received some feedback about this um, podcast and what it does for other people. But it doesn't have to be like this passive martyrdom. We're just here for you. Absolutely, we are here to help people. But we're also business people. There's also absolutely a purpose for this beyond just changing the world with our conversations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just don't, I don't think it's nasty. I don't think it's icky. I don't think that, you know, people who have... Uh, physical stores and they invest in learning about marketing or um, they buy their inventory their job is to dress people they don't expect to give away all of that stuff for free 
And also on the self-doubt thing, if they choose a line of clothes for a season that just doesn't sell very well, it doesn't mean they are a bad person or they are a failure or they should take that as a reason that they suck hardcore hairy dog dog's balls. You know, but we in this space, because our inventory is often ourselves, our thoughts, our, you know, all of my online programs have come from in me, then we take it so personally if things don't work. But, you know, but then, and th- but then there's just the, you know, a great product and sometimes that success moment just comes because right time, right place, right product, right place for a hungry market. And it can just be that simple. And yet we personalize and we find all these reasons to be down on ourselves. when it can just be, it can be quite impersonal, the difference between success and failure in a moment. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Well, nobody's thinking about you in the way that you're thinking about you. No, nobody is looking at your program and judging your personal value or worthiness off the back of that program. It's Correct. just, it's just like, something that they either need or they don't. You've either yeah, spoken and, to them or you haven't. Yeah. You've either presented it in a way that's connected or you haven't and you need to tweak it or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I mean, I can't even imagine a book because the book is the ultimate, oh, I just can't, labour of love. But also, like, you can't hide there. They are your words. This is your message. And it is, and it is big. And I'm seeing you struggling with it. But last night I gave you a little bit of a slap down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Harley knows that Lisa's like having a moment when she checks her Facebook Messenger and there's like seven seven voice messages. (laughs) One after the other. After the other. You getting this? I'm saying this with love. Carly. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, and 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 I totally heard. Let let's just share what you what you shared with me last night. Well, so I, I was listening to a um a podcast, and it was with this woman, and she was amazing, extraordinary human. Like it was really enjoyable to listen to her story, and she had this really super simple message that she wanted to get out, which was um and that she has built a business around um. And she very much from an uh, advocacy, service, uh, change the world kind of place. So she was doing all the things, building a movement, unable to pay her rent. And she's like, I can't keep doing this work if I don't, if I can't pay my bills, because then I'm going to have to go and get a job and I can't do this important work. So she said about finding a way to earn money in a way that didn't stress her out and leave her depleted. And potentially homeless <laughs> at the end of each month. Been there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no one wants that. And she has now built a business on the back of saying to people, have your movement, have your message, be the person you are in the world, do your good work, but get paid for it and don't feel gross about it. And it doesn't have to be someone else's formula. It just has to be yours. And it's all okay for us to live in this world of service and get paid. And that was really it. And that message is everything that she does. You have a message. And the thing about having a powerful message like you and this woman did is that's all we need as the receiver because then we do what we want to do with it. 
but sometimes we just need to hear it. And I'm like, Carly, finish this book, start the speaking, share this message, because the time is now. This doesn't have to be the same as past failures. And, you know, thinking about um, what James shared, uh, you know, the be, do, have, and hearing you say before, I'm not a person who, I'm not a person who this happens for. I don't know. It's like decide who you want to be. So I'm Carly Nimmo. I'm a successful author and speaker. That's who I want to be. So then you do things differently to become that person. So doing the things differently because you've decided who you want to be impacts the results, what you have. A book that people love reading, speaking gigs all over the world. Just go there. <laughs> Look at your face. Look at your face. If you could only see my face. She's like, mm, yep, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, really high-pitched voice. <laughs> but the thing is that all you need to do, like the power is in making the decision to be that person. Everything changes from there. And if you want to be the person who shares a message that impacts other people, get paid for it, live a great life on your terms, then just decide and let the actions start to roll out because you've made the decision. It's all about beliefs. And if we start to shift those beliefs then anything is fucking possible. I would think I was saying a lot just then. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why there were seven know. voice messages. <laughs> so that's, what I was trying to, that's what I was sort of trying to say. So we were talking about what I shared with you. And um, and then, yeah, but then I, but then my self-doubt kicks in. I'm like, oh, was that too harsh? Am I pushing her? Does she need that um, really right now? I don't think she's having a very good day. But, hey, we launched a podcast. It went to number one. Let's just – I'm just going to say it. But that's, but that's the whole thing, right? Like that is also self-doubt presenting itself because I've had yeah. that myself. You know, there were times where, for me, I, I am an intuitive person and I have these weird things popping into my head all the time. I can see where people's blocks are and stuff. So it's like, and, and that's how I know when, you know, when to give Lisa some loving kick up the butt because I get a message that's like, Lisa needs to know this. And so then I just, before I used to question and be like, oh, I, I don't know if I should share that. I'll probably look like a crackpot, you know, but I then started to trust, well, this is coming to me for a reason. I'm going to honor that and I'm just going to put it out there, even if it doesn't hit the mark, even if I get it wrong, because that's been one of my, um, my biggest fears is being wrong, you know, getting it wrong and being exposed as the fraud. Yeah, oh my gosh, that something might be wrong. Exactly. And, and, and what really? does that say about me? What does that say oh. about my intuition? You know, like it must be wrong then. Uh, but then I just started trusting and and sharing it with people. And it was incredible because it, it doesn't even matter if it's right or wrong or if I've worded it correctly or if I've hit the mark because what they need to get out of it, they're going to get out of it. There's this element of 100%. trust, right? And that element yeah. of trust is that feminine side that we were talking about, like the feminine side of allowing, receiving and trusting mm-hmm. mm. and the more that we do those actions the more that you trust your intuition and that what what the message that you need to share with me on that day I need to hear the 
the more we learn to trust trust that gift. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I know. And that's sometimes the hardest thing in all of this and with self-doubt. I think for me personally, my self-doubt was bedded in uh, what other people thought I could achieve or couldn't achieve and I, I bounce up against that a lot. I'm like, is this my voice? I said something to Nick the other day. Did I say, oh, like my, my insecurity or something? He's like, really? Are you really insecure or do you really not? It was something. It wasn't insecurity. There was. It was something else. And um, he's like, I mean, I don't see that in you. And I thought either I'm hiding that really well or maybe it is a story that I have taken on because other people of something that other people have said or I'm acting out something that I feel other people expect from me. And it's mm. just like all those voices, uh, which one's really mine? Yeah. But then what is true and what's not right? Because you just reminded me through saying that, um, the first chapter or the opening of my book, I talk about how, and this is embarrassing, <laughs> how I, I, I was a bedwetter and I wet the bed until I was like 12 or at least wow. that's what I told myself. Oh, yeah. And so just before Christmas, I went home or, you know, went to stay with my parents at our house in Bonnie Doon. And, and I said to my mum, oh, you know, when I was a bedwetter and blah, 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 blah. I'd said oh, about M Mabel going to sleep with her nappies and stuff and how I didn't, I wasn't ready to take her out of the nappies to go to bed uh, because I don't want to put too much pressure on her in case she's a bedwetter like I was. And mum was like, what? It's like, well, you know how I wet the bed till I was 12. And she was like, uh, I don't remember that. So I have carried <laughs> this, this tremendous shame throughout my childhood and into my adulthood. I'm 40 and I've only just discovered I didn't wet the bed every night until I was 12. You know, so the, the level of stories that we carry around, some have not even an ounce of truth. I might have wet the bed three or four times or, you know, mum goes, you didn't, I'm sure you didn't wet the bed more than half a dozen times in your entire life. But I have these memories of every night crying out to mum, her being totally put out because she has to strip the bed in the middle of the night and put my mattress out on the, in the sun to dry out and, you know, all this stuff. And it actually didn't even happen. That's really crazy. And, but you know, that and all of that stuff, all of those stories, that is the root of the self doubt. Because, like, the shame and all that kind of stuff, and the who am I to be? Well, if I'm Carly Nimmo, the bedwetter, I'm not Carly Nimmo, the successful author. Like, how, I mean, they aren't even. So it's like we have to make peace with all of these things and also work out which stories we've just made up, which are you know, true and we might need to work through, which are just thoughts, which are beliefs that really need altering to make room for the new stuff. Totally. And, you know, one thing that, that I've said to the wonderful women in our mastermind a bunch of times at our last retreat was, like, question everything. And, mm. and it's not just question the things that you're being shown or told or sold into or all that, you know, question your FOMO, question your stories, question, you know, what is really true because yep. so often we're just swallowing the pill. 
drinking the Kool-Aid and we're not yep. questioning what is really right for us or what is really true. Yep. Yeah, even on a really practical level, I remember rocking up to the first um, mastermind retreat I did in in California and I thought I was arriving on the back of a really failed launch of Keeping Video Real, which is my, my course teaching people how to do video. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, how could I even be here? I'm such a failure. Anyway, James was like, so, you know, why was this a failure? And I was like, oh, I only got this many people. How many people in your launch list were? He was like, well, that's a good conversion. That's like a 4 or 5% conversion. So, that's a win. And I was I, like, oh, no, but I know, so but hang on a minute. I just, no, but it, like it's not, I didn't reach my, he's like, well, if you didn't reach that and you got that conversion, then just get more people into your launch list. And I was like, oh, shit, all right. And I had made up this story that I was a huge failure. Pretty much every single freaking launch, I, I think I've failed. It is just so, such a terrible <laughs> space to be in. It is, and and not based in any truth, right? Because the same no exact truth. same thing happened with me with Radcasters. First launch had, you know, 15 people sign up, was really happy with that. And then over the course of probably the first year and a bit, I had over 130 people do that course. My list for that for that business, five or six hundred people. Yeah, see. And so yeah. and I and I had this story going on about how much of a fuck up and a failure I was because I wasn't making millions of dollars overnight. I wasn't having the James Wedmore four hundred thousand dollar launch. How could I? I had a list of five hundred people. Exactly. And I think this is where people in the online business space get really disenchanted and feel like they are failures. And I remember um Jana Kingsford said to me once, Oh Lisa, people come into my programs and they're like, I don't want to be happy with ten people in my course. Lisa Cordoff got five hundred and fifty in her first program. It's like dudes that was 2014 and you had done two years of consistently producing free content yep before you got those 500 people in that's correct you had done the work yes I had done the work yep I had built the relationships I had built community I had showed up I had showed up consistently and I also gave people a really really awesome 21 day free experience um I also didn't price it out of the ballpark I priced it really low because that was where I was at I didn't nothing was created I created it on the fly with uh, a like eight week old baby she was six when did weeks I or launch something it? probably October no I think I launched she was born in June and I think I did the free the 21 day free challenge in September so she was and I launched three months small steps to yeah yeah yeah, yeah, crazy. It was crazy. But I had sleepers, remember? Yeah. My kids slept. That was a that, <laughs> And I wanted to fucking shoot you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know a lot of people wanted to shoot me. Um, I still get that. All of my kids sleep in the one room together, seven, five, and three right now, and they just go off to sleep and they wake and up. And I lie there for hours reading book after book after book to Mabel, <laughs> who slept for 45 minutes at a time for the first 15 months of her life. So any wonder I was also crippled in self-doubt throughout my journey with Radcasters, oh. which started when she was still, you know, having those. Oh. oh, this is the other thing. Like don't put yourself in a position where you're expecting outstanding results when your personal life might be up the shit house. Like really, 
what are we doing? We cannot achieve all in all areas of our life. And sometimes we need to know when to pull back. Yeah. But I think the the frustration comes when you're like, no, 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 I'm ready now. I'm ready. I've done the work. Everything's happening. Why isn't this still happening for me? You know, that's when all those stories or, you know, yourself, it rears its head every time. We all feel it. My my dad, who triggers the fuck out of me most of the time, but always is right, which I fucking hate. Anyway, he had said to me the other day, I was speaking about, you know, I want to grow this and I want to finish, I want to grow Killer Copy. I haven't scaled it for a long time. I want to get all that happening and I want to do this and finish my book and the blah, blah and the speaking and the, and my dad goes, there's no hurry. Like you don't, you don't need to force this stuff, Carly. You have a three and a half year old. There is plenty of time for you to kick huge goals and have huge levels of success and make lots of money. It doesn't have to all be done in this very moment. And I was kind of like, fuck you. Yes, it does. But, you know, but then I, but then he's right, right? Like we think it needs to be done now. We, we have no control really other than showing up and doing our part. We have no real control over ha- the time frame that things happen. And the way that things unfold, so you can't skip. You can't skip. You can't steps. skip steps. And, and and most people are trying to do it, mm, yeah. and they want this linear process. You know, they mm, want they linear. want the number one iTunes, but they don't want to have all the feels that's involved mm. in having that, <laughs> or all oh the my- work. Yeah, like this podcast, getting it out was. Like how many times have we discussed and then we thought we were at the point and we recorded the first episode and it sucked because we actually realized we weren't sure and we needed to go back to the drawing board. And, and you know, I, I think that we should totally do an episode on collaboration because yeah. it's a completely different ball game to just, you know, I, I actually have way more fear when I'm doing something with someone because I might let you down or. And also you know, there's this thing that happens where it's like, um, you know, I see you as this incredible superwoman and and so then there's this self-doubt that happens too, like, oh, can I really kick it with Lisa? You know, yeah, am, am I am I keeping you know, I don't I don't want to be the one dragging us down kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Whereas so today when we were recording this, I I thought I got the times wrong. I did. Did I get the times wrong? Yeah. I thought it was an interview, not just our stuff. I am completely disorganized in that respect and calling in new systems, um, calling in the calendar, uh, which we'll probably discuss on the next episode. Yes. Um, but I, you know, I feel like, oh, she's going to get so frustrated with me. This is going to show up all of my imperfections and all the stuff I need to work on. But you know what? How cool is that? How cool cool. to put ourselves in positions where we're vulnerable again, where we're trying new things, where, you know, now when, when, when shit gets hard or when things feel really uncomfortable, I, I think that's awesome because it, it gives me something new to work through. I can try and work out where it's coming from, what the root of it is. And when that starts to happen, I just find shift after shift, after shift, like I'm so open to working out what's holding me back. Totally. And um, I'm so open to working on the things. And because it's that be, do, have, if I want to be someone who runs a really successful business, like I've got big plans for small steps living, 
Um, I've got big plans for, you know, the house we might buy or whatever. Then it requires me to do things differently because what I have right now is not that level of success and I'm cool with that. I'm learning all the time. We're trying new things all the time. But I know if I decide what I want to be and that is, you know, someone who can really help people in really practical ways and inspire them and, and help them create shifts in their own life then and I want that to be I want it to be big then I need to do things differently and then that will mean that I have the results that I want but I can't what got like James always says what got you here won't get you there and it's so true like we have to constantly be looking at this stuff and if, that's why if it's we great. want, if we want to go to the next level. Yes. It is also equally totally as fine for you to go and get a job and oh. leave this world behind. Oh, and, and I have no attachment to that. I, I think I could, you know, I, I really, while this feels really good, I'm going to do this. I'm not hugely attached to, like, you know, while I just feel like if we decide that we want to shift gears, then we have to be willing to look at how to do things differently, take some different actions. And it happens. Like if you like, I'm Carly Nimmo, I am a successful author oh, yeah. and speaker, then you're like, well, I have to finish my fucking book. Because that's who you want to be. So you need a book to be a successful author. <laughs> and then you have to then you have to work through all the insecurity of contacting people you really respect and admire and sitting on panels at their events or doing the things. And it's all just so uncomfortable and gross. But if you decide who you want to be, then you start to do things differently and you get different results. Yeah, and you know, while yesterday was a roller coaster, a roller coaster has equal lows to highs. So yes. while while I was also like while I was down in the rageful what you know place, I was also up in the oh my god, my life is fucking amazing. This is so cool. I'm a number one podcaster. I have two number one iTunes shows. What the fuck? I am that person. Oh my god, that is so cool. Ooh, who the fuck am I to have two shows? You know, like this is this this is. We cannot have the highs without having the lows. It's about a celebration of both. and We are a human. Absolutely. Like we're living a human experience, yes. And I wrote, I was doing, I've started doing each morning a friend of mine who's also one of my biggest Carlos of his fans, uh, and I made a pact with each other that we would try, not not like put a whole bunch of pressure on ourselves, but we would try to show up each day and she wanted to do um, affirmations and a short seven minute meditation. And I wanted to do some journaling because I, it's something that I, I know my life feels really good when I journal because I have this connection to something bigger than me. Um, but a lot of the time I don't do it because I wake up, I'm getting woken up at 5.20 by a fucking three and a half year old and like just not making time. Anyway, I was journaling this morning and, and what was coming up was this idea of, 
uh, you know, when we're born, we're really emotional beings and we express our needs through crying and screaming. And, and actually it came about because last night you sent the message and your three-year-old was screaming bloody murder in the background. Yes, and I was, was like, oh, fuck, three-year-old, seriously. Three um, is a hard age. <laughs> really hard. Yeah. But, but they're emotional beings, right? They're like, yeah. I want this and I want it now. And you're not giving it to me. And, you know, all that kind of jazz, but also really hard. <laughs> and happy and joyful and you know they just have the full um spectrum yeah the full spectrum of emotion and then as we grow older we're kind of told to shut it down so it's like you know it's not socially acceptable you know that if you have a three-year-old and you have been in the supermarket and your kid has had a meltdown you know how unacceptable big emotions are because everybody's looking at you like what's wrong with you mother shut that kid up you know um, or, or That's some, your story. some, well, I don't really give a shit anyway, so it doesn't really bother right. me, but you know, like that, that is something that most three-year-old mothers have experienced when they're out in the shops and their kids having a meltdown gotcha. and all yeah. eyes are on you. Cause how yeah. can they not be? Your kid's screaming and some people want to come in and help you parent or whatever. Um, but, but it just shows how uncomfortable we are as a society mm-hmm. with really big emotions. Mm-hmm. For me, yesterday was amazing. It was amazing. Because I experienced all of that and for a very long time I experienced none of that. You know, when I had mm. depression there was no no connection to my emotional self. And I feel like we have this movement, which I get really ranty about, you know, this positive psychology movement where we're striving constantly for happiness. We're striving to be somewhere avoiding the shit. And the shit gives us the shiny happy moments because without it it's just flatlining mediocrity mm-hmm. life is cyclical Cy- cyclical you know great word i'm making up words like mabel does but it's you know it, life works in seasons and mm. emotions work in seasons and even days broken down into seasons it's like but we don't embrace it we just we um yes we try to shut it down because it's not acceptable. And for me, I've really wanted to share all of it, including the shit, which is part of the reason behind starting this too, right? Because in good company, you need to be able to show all aspects of yourself to some people. Yeah. Yep. You need to be able to accept it within yourself. And, (laughs) but in saying that, you know, yesterday I was I was I was really a bit feral, and uh, and then and today um, Mel, who is like my the right hand person in my business, and she's just like, oh god, I just woke up really grumpy. How to start? I don't know how this conversation's going to go. And, blah, blah. and I, I, you know, we also have to take responsibility that sometimes you know we don't need to, to share necessarily the tapestry of everything with if everyone. If we don't feel time called and a place. to, if, if we, we don't, don't feel if called we to, don't, if you don't want no. to share that stuff with people, you don't have to. No, if it's not your and calling. I, don't do I, it. I'm a retreater. Like I think things get hard. My friends start going, haven't heard from you for a while. Uh, obviously, something's up. <laughs> and or, you know, I just I get quiet on social media or whatever it is. I'm just retreating. It's not in my nature, even though I'm a big talker, to share as I go. I need to work it out for myself first. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just what. think like, but I think that's the whole thing, right? Like we have to trust what's right for us. 
And for yeah. me, for me, my, my journey involves sharing all of it because I, I want, I want to be okay with all of that. But I also want yep. the people around me to be okay with all of that, to know that, that if they have a launch and they don't feel like it's all roses and unicorns are flying out of their assholes and, you know, <laughs> they're, I don't know, in a bath of fucking lollipops, then, then that's, that's totally normal okay. and okay. It is, it just is not great. All the time. It isn't. I know. And I, I, and I feel the same thing. That's what, you know, that was the whole purpose behind the small steps approach is like, don't go to from zero to hero. You don't have to. It's really hard. You're going to set yourself up for failure. So let's just like all admit it's a little bit hard to eat perfectly all the time. And uh, maybe don't even strive for that. Let's just kind of go slowly, slowly. I'll tell you, I find it hard. I'll tell you. We still got Vegemite in our pantry. I'll tell you, you know, because it does help other people feel normal, I think. Um, it was funny. I heard something on a podcast about, no, it was this one that I was listening to yesterday. It She was talking about we've been through the age of celebrity and now we're in the age of the citizen where we're kind of sick of the bright, shiny. We're sick of the perfect, pouty lips. We're sick of the injectables, the this, the that, the other. We're sick of just some people living very privileged lives dictating to the rest of us how we feel like, or, you know, giving how us How we normal. feel about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and like providing us that, this is the status quo, this is what is normal. And it's reverting now to be like the age of the citizen. We're all looking for authentic because we've had the age of celebrity. And I thought that's a really interesting – I've never heard it expressed like that, but I absolutely feel that happening. And, and that, that's also the, the season thing, right? So if you if you look back through history – this is this is this is the way that it works. We had the eighties. We had you know we had the seventies and uh, or the sixties and seventies. Free love, you know, whatever, whatever. And then we had the eighties. Excess, shoulder pads, you know, wealth. And then we had a financial crisis. And then the nineties were, or you know, we had like the stock market crash in eighty nine or whatever it was. And then boom into grunge and um, teenage angst and you know dirty clothes and heroin and all that kind of jazz. And then we moved back up into this age of the hills and real housewives and just and now we're moving back down again. It's like a cycle that that just continues throughout history. Yeah. And I feel like if now it, with the age of the citizen we can talk about self-doubt, we can talk about some of the ugly side of 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 life that that breadth of human emotion and and normalize it normalize some of the things that you know I'm I'm doing a webinar replace online time with me time and I talk about comparisonitis on that you know how awful it is to be stuck in that place of feeling always like you don't have enough you aren't enough because you're comparing yourself to other people's highlight reel you know it's an awful thing and uh, we have more control over that than we realise. Yeah. Um, but I feel like um, these conversations and more real and authentic conversations from the ground up will help normalise the the ugly side, you know, the side that we kind of try and keep hidden because we could just celebrate a successful podcast launch. But no, let's just talk about how 
it was a bit of a messy day for Carly. Yeah. And well, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, yeah. for both of us because that, that yeah. is totally normal. And mm. and the doubt comes from us not feeling normal. It comes from the shame and the and the mm. you know and and the feeling isolated in thinking there's something wrong with us. That's that's all just ways doubt is is um I don't know whatever manifesting within us because we don't feel uh we don't feel normal. So today. On the back of that self-doubt about your book, about the podcast, about all the things, um, to finish up, can you say where you're sitting right now on that or how you are planning to move through it if you haven't? Yeah, so I'm coming back to a place of me writing my book for me. I'm in the yep. process of reading it because um, I finished the first the first draft just before my 40th birthday and it sat there gathering dust ever since. Um, and then I had someone start to edit it, but I felt like I really needed to read it first because I just wrote it. And, you know, sometimes you write things and then you, you read it and you're like, did I write that? That's really good. And, oh, sometimes, yeah. and sometimes you go back and you're like, what was I fucking thinking? Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I wasn't sure what reaction I was going to have. And at the start it was that what was I thinking but the further I got into it, I could see the themes that were really important to me. And and some of the parts I was like, wow, this is good. So um, for me right now, the process is to finish reading the first draft and, and then really nutting out, you know, I've got some key themes that I want to cover that have been really big in my life, like my relationship with my body, my relationship with money and, um, and my entrepreneurial journey with self-doubt always just being nipping at my heels. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and so just going to read through the book with that lens on and keep moving, you know, because I think um, and I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation really is because so many of us fall into this trap of self-doubt, wondering who we are to do, you know, I am not a whatever, insert whatever you want to be there. Uh, but, but when you know that other people, um, who have a number one iTunes hit, um, also <laughs> experience self-doubt, uh, but they still move through regardless and they still continue on. Yeah. I think it just, it helps, right? I think it does. Like I've when you had that conversation it. with Jude Bloro, it certainly helped you to go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's normalizing how I feel. It's not bad to feel this way. It's okay to feel this way, but I'm just going to keep moving forward anyway. Yep. Love it. Well done, Carly. Thanks. <laughs> nice work. And I'll keep kicking your ass. Cool. Because I'm imagining all these people listening now, if I ask them to put their hands up, who would like to read Carly's book? I'm betting there's a lot of hands up. So just hurry the fuck up. Okay. Okay. Signing in, out. All in divine time, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the divine time, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Just get it done. Sure. And we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> yeah, where we'll be talking about Lisa's chaotic, her her move from total chaos to... Uh, to partial chaos. Partial chaos. chaos to partial chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey. We'll see you then. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and keep good company.